The FT. Tuesday's Israeli general election proved to be a much closer contest between the parties of the left and right than many had expected. Earlier, I spoke to John Reed, the FT's correspondent in Jerusalem, and asked him who were the big winners and losers. Um, I think the biggest winner by far is um, Yair Lapid's uh, Yesh Atid, which is a new centrist party, which was formed last year by this popular television presenter and um, came out of nowhere essentially to gain second place in the Knesset with 19 seats. In terms of losers, um, oddly, I think you could say that uh, Mr. Netanyahu's Likud Beitenu is a loser um, in that he called this election early, hoping to get a stronger mandate for the right wing and, in fact, lost a quarter of his seats. What about the other right-wing parties? Because it was expected that they would do rather well in these elections, and yet they seem to have disappointed. Yeah, they, they didn't do terrifically well. Um, Jewish Home, which is Naftali Bennett's um, party, because of its extremist views, was sort of a natural focus of attention during the campaign. His MP candidate said very controversial things and got a lot of press. In fact, the party did not do as well in the polls as it had been projected to and um, is tied for fourth place with Shas, which is the Orthodox religious party, which is in a current coalition with, um, with Likud. So most people seem to have underestimated Yesh Atid. Why do you think that was and what, what do you think is the party's appeal to voters? I think that's a really good question. Um, Everyone did neglect it. I think people underestimated their support. Certainly the opinion polls did. Um, The appeal is, I think, to Israel's great neglected silent majority of middle-class people who care more about economic issues, the price of housing, the cost of bread, than they do about the conflict with the Palestinians or the nuclear showdown with Iran. So you draw the conclusion that that it's the economy that, that was the main reason why people voted for him. Uh, yes, I think voters were indeed telling Netanyahu that, that that they care more about bread and butter issues than they do about security ones. It's worth noting in the closing days of the campaign, Mr. Netanyahu appointed Moshe Kahlon, uh, one of his most popular uh, ministers, to a key appointment um, in housing. I think they were already hearing from the field that Israeli voters cared about co- cost of living and and um, economic issues um, a lot more than they were giving credence to in their campaign. So where does this big change leave Benjamin Netanyahu and his chances of forming a a coalition government? It definitely leaves him in a weaker position um, because the Knesset is now split um, perfectly evenly down the middle. Um, As of today's count, it could change, you know, one vote in either direction. But it's 60-60, meaning that if he sticks just to right-wing partners, his natural partners, as he calls them, He's only, you know, he doesn't have a majority. He's got only only half of the House. So I think it's clear he's going to have to turn to Mr. Lapid's party um, very early, if not first. Um, I think it's going to be very torturous. Um, I think he'll also want to bring Jewish home in, you know, as another new party that um, struck a chord among Israeli voters. But I think they'll be uneasy partners because of their religious nature with the more um, secular Yeshatid. Um, I think it's going to be a matter of many weeks rather than days before a stable coalition is formed. Do you see a decline in the influence of the ultra-Orthodox parties? I don't think that's accurate. I mean, Shas saw some decline in in their votes. I don't think um, it was big enough that you could say it's really a pulling away from them. Um, What's interesting is the extent to which um, the privileges that um, 
also religious communities enjoying Israel, became a campaigning point in, in, in this election. Mr. Lapid's party was talking about um, making the holiday more orthodox, do compulsory national service like the rest of Israelis do. Um, I think there's a lot of resentment among middle-class Israelis um, about these communities' privileges. The actual poll numbers, if you take into account that um, perhaps some of Shas's supporters went away to Jewish home, um, I think net um, support for religious parties is about the same or, in fact, higher. And what about the issue that a lot of other people are concerned about, their prospects of peace with the Palestinians? I think it's the million-dollar question um, after this election, but I would um, venture to say it's way too early to say anything meaningful about that. Mr. Lapid's statements on the topic have been pretty vague. He says he supports a two-state solution that would see an independent Palestine, but has not said much more than this, much less how you would get to a solution to this very complicated problem. Um, we also don't know what the makeup of the coalition is going to be. So um, we don't know whether Mr. Bennett's party, which is rejectionist in terms of peace with the Palestinians, is going to be in it or not, how you square that particular circle. So I think it's way too early to answer that question. It's going to take some weeks, presumably, for Benjamin Netanyahu to put his coalition together. But once that is done, what are the main challenges that he's going to face? Um, I think without doubt the biggest single challenge um, will be on the economy. Um, remember that these elections were called because Netanyahu's government was unable to pass a budget. They now have, once they form a new government, two months to draft a new one and get it passed. And if they fail to do that, um, new elections will have to be called within 90 days. This is going to be even harder than it sounds, given the country's growing deficit worth about $10 billion and rising. Um, and the fact that Likud and Yeshatid and all the other parties made various promises um, on spending and to ease the burden of the middle class and so on that are going to be very hard to fulfill in practice. That was John Reed, the FT's correspondent in Jerusalem. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.